Today, we're going to be talking about what to know about the dream pursuit of home ownership. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us yet again. And Jill Paddock is here, of course, the phenomenal buyer's agent on the team. Thank you. Excited to be here. So we're we found out some really interesting statistics here, uh, where mainly young people, millennials, potentially older Gen Zs, and even the. the older, more your generation, which the, is what is it, Zennials? No, is, no, no. You're you're uh, Generation X, aren't you? Oh yeah, you're I Gen am X? kind of. I'm kind of Gen X, kind of millennial. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm in a, the, I think in I'm between. a geriatric millennial. Yeah. Is what I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, it's called. Didn't you love that term when it first? I know. Came I out? feel really old. I'll take my hover round out of here. I guess. There you go. When when the podcast's over. Well, anyway, we came across this stat that says 95 percent of renters believe their rent is too high. That's that's no big sort of revelation there, right? Yeah, no shock there. <laughs> Rents have just been going up and up and up and up. So it's, there's completely understanding that they're frustrated with it. Yeah, are, are you seeing buyers basically like, I can't afford where rents are headed and they're projected to be like above... 10, 15% year over year, just keep on growing, which Yeah, and they're starting really to tough. realize like, well, if I, you know, a little bit of digging online, they realize that they can get a mortgage payment for about the same thing. Yeah. And so that's when like the curiosity starts. And then it's kind of the questions of, well, how does this really work? And, you know, the whole snowball of everything we're about to talk about. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And the thing about when you're paying rent to your landlord is it's paying down their equity, basically, yeah. or they're, they're gaining equity for you paying their mortgage. Absolutely. And you're, you're not really gaining anything. You're kind of throwing it into a pit. Now, given you, you don't have as many things to fix that mm-hmm. might go wrong, however, if it's a, not a great landlord, they're not going to Right. They may not fix things anyway. There, there's right? a whole lot that plays into that. And actually, I think you and I are going to be talking about uh, one of these situations a little bit later um, as far as you know, how these landlords, it is a great investment for them, but unfortunately, these renters are paying their mortgage for them. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it kind of makes sense if you're, if you're looking for uh, financial security in the mm-hmm. future. To, to look to purchasing rather than renting, right? Absolutely. And and that's why 35% think that home ownership is an important wealth building tool. Now, I, I did want to mention uh, that this report was a 2022 millennial and Gen Z borrower sentiment report um, is, is what this is based mm-hmm. around. So what these numbers are based around. And uh, they, they basically do see, even though especially millennials live through the 08, crash, mm-hmm. which jaded a lot of us from buying it did. a home, less so the Gen Zs, they didn't really live through it. So. Yeah, they just kind of heard about it, you know, glimmers here and there. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I've, I've actually got a client of mine who is realizing how much opportunity she missed by not exploring, you know, truly like what finance means, what wealth building means, and not purchasing earlier. So great news for for this group, though, it's not too late to fix that. You're still at a great point to start. Um, Lots of good reasons to buy. Yeah, especially millennials. They Mm -hmm. tend to buy at age 32 on average. And we're finding much younger with Gen Z. They they tend to be in like early 20s. 
I was to just going to say later 20s. I've kind of had an onslaught of buyers that are in their early 20s that have started kind of listening to financial insight, taking a few classes. And I would say in the past six months, I've helped three people that are anywhere between 22 and 25 buy houses yeah. with the intention of using it as a wealth building tool and renting it later. There you go. There you go. And, and part of this study also says 16% seek the sense of security owning a home. Mm -hmm. So that means the, the foreclosure process is a little more complicated than the eviction process. Right. So... I, I would venture that most people would would see like not necessarily that you would get to the foreclosure process. Mm -hmm. However, if you missed a payment, there is a, a pretty large grace window for you mm -hmm. to make that up. And you can always talk to the lender too or the, or the loan servicer who's who's carrying your loan to be like, hey, can are there programs to help me? And there are. There are. Yeah. I was going to say that's one potentially good thing that came out of COVID yeah. is there were all sorts of programs created uh, with the mortgage servicers, realizing that it's to the benefit of everybody if they can work out some terms to keep the person in the house, um, you know, not a huge financial impact on them, like doesn't affect them the way a foreclosure or a, a short sale would. So those kinds of programs came out of COVID. Now, granted, hopefully we're, and we are seeing them used less frequently, but for those people who do have some issues, you know, occasionally you somebody's gonna lose a job. You don't want to lose your house. There are ways around it. Yeah, yeah. Forbearance was, I think, probably the mm -hmm. biggest one during COVID that potentially helped a much bigger uh, thing that could have happened. We could have snowballed into a lot oh, of uh, short sales and a lot. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm glad that that the government sort of used was able to provide that program, mm -hmm. and uh, people who were in uh, the percentage was actually really high for people who got out of forbearance. They were able to work something out with the lender mm -hmm. and that forbearance program basically helped them keep their home. So so that was really great to, to see happen. And uh, now we have 37% plan to use it as an investment property. Right. That's Just similar to what kind of we, we're doing yep. in our, our game plan is in our own lives. Yeah, you and I both personally have, have that game plan. Um, and then like I said, we're seeing a lot of people in their early 20s um, and I will kind of say, I, like you said, it, they didn't really live through 2008, so they're not quite as jaded. Uh, so they have the, you know, the ability to kind of think more, a little more open-mindedly, a little, it's a little less frightening to them. And they are looking towards the future. How this is going to be my house now? What can I do with it later? What are my going to my, my options going to be and things like that? Yeah, yeah, and you know, like we talk about growing generational wealth a lot mm -hmm. on this program, and that is part of that, right? So, and and once you buy for the first time and make the next step to move up, it's a little bit easier. It's actually a lot easier because you have an asset behind you and, and a proven track record that you've been paying this mortgage off for this long, Absolutely. you know, at, at X amount. So, and, and then when you leave that behind to rent it out, you can use the, the rental income asset as to put towards the the next move up home mm -hmm. that you're moving into. So that's that's a really handy thing, I think that. Right, and you also potentially have, well, you will have then equity in the home that you were using as your primary residence. You can use that as an asset. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do. It, it really opens up a whole new set of doors for you yeah. once you make that first leap. That's why it's a great idea to game plan this with a professional like Jill, who can give you all the, the tips and the, the key sort of strategies to, mm -hmm. to plan it long term and not just like the home right now that I'm buying. Exactly. It's, well, let's look at this in the future 
because you know the first home you buy, it's okay to buy a starter home. It's just Absolutely. fine fine to do that. Don't don't be stigmatized yeah, those by that. Starter homes make great rental homes later on. That is so true, and and then it becomes like well, it's okay if it gets a little messed up from renters mm-hmm. and things, right? Because it's it's not your move up home or, right. or where it's you're going to end up. It's not your dream home. It's your starter home. It's yeah. your starter home. The first place. Um, you can do some things to it and learn a little bit about home ownership without, you know, taking on something that's completely intimidating. Yeah. Um, and then again, feel more prepared for when you are ready to move up. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you see with uh, mortgages coming out? Do you see people getting confused or anything with this process? Or I see lots of people being confused. The first-time buyers, of course, are confused because they've never done it before. Yeah. But even people who have. Um, get a little kind of stumbling along the way. Sure. You know, they're not quite sure or they've forgotten things, but there are so many moving parts. And yeah. I think what I see, unfortunately, too often is people think, oh, I'm not going to talk to an agent. I'm not going to talk to anybody until I'm ready to buy. Well, that's fine, but <laughs> then you have, it feels like you're drinking out of a fire hose because yeah. it's like, well, now we have to do this. Now we got to do that. Then this comes next because yep. the process does move quickly. Right. So if I were to have my ideal situation with the buyer, three to six months before you're considering buying, I mean, and yeah. you know, longer if you really want to interview some different people, Yeah. sit down with somebody. How does it work? Um, I have one client I've sat down with, uh, well, two times plus a, a good long phone call. Yeah. Because she wants to understand the process. It was that's a that's a change. That's yeah, good. That's, it's great. It's good. You know, and I'm happy to answer any question. I want them to feel like they know what's going on. I don't want them to feel lost. Right. Right. And and I think that's easy for us on our end to take for granted because of uh, how much we're we are in it every day. We know what happens and knows knows what comes next. And we use lingo and things, and we f- tend to forget sometimes. So that's why it's we have uh, now standardized procedures that sort of help us and help our clients along the way to mm-hmm. uh, make sure that they understand what's happening. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. Absolutely. I mean, the worst thing I think to feel is you're making the biggest you know, purchase of your life, really, and feeling lost and confused and things like that. That's not a good feeling for you to be in. That's not where we want you to start off. Yeah. So, you know, anything that we can do to help you start the process, understand the process, so happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and plus the mortgage process, that's probably the most regulated process of the entire thing. So there's lots of stuff you need to sign and go over, you know, lots of legalese that you Mm -hmm. have to read through and understand. And that's what you're the lender that you choose and your real estate agent will sort of help you navigate that more and more. And, and let's be honest, you know, it's, it's never easy to have someone be like, here's my finances right. person. I don't know. Look at all of these things. And yeah. I mean, I would even feel a little bit, I mean, I've applied for mortgages. I've yeah. had people, but if, you know, next time I every time it's like, all right, here you go. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, everybody feels a little weird, but you know, it's, yeah. it's fine. They, they've, they've seen a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And out of the this study too, almost half, 45 and three quarter percentage feel they don't have enough uh, of savings to make the down payment. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different programs out there that can help you a lot with that. Can you explain maybe what some of those are? Yeah. So, I mean, if, obviously, if you qualify for a VA loan, that's great. 
zero down. Yep. Then you only have closing costs. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't. Most people, I would say, don't. Yeah. And that's and, Veterans Affairs. Correct. Veterans Affairs, I should Talk say. Talk about the word soup that we <laughs> normally yeah, right. go over. Yeah, perfect example right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for a first-time home buyer, you know, there is, I'll use some more things, yeah. conventional loans. There's um, FHA loans. They have various amounts that are required. Federal Housing Association. There you go. So. <laughs> um, they, they do have, you don't have to have the 20% down. Yeah. Um, you can get down payment assistance, yep. which are, again, depending on the program, they're funds that are a lot of times forgiven once you've lived in, it, lived in the home for three years, five years, whatever the terms of it might be. Right. But you don't got to pay it back. It's just money for you to buy at your first home. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're either grants or second forgivable mm-hmm. loans is tend to how they be st- that they are structured, structured. Yep. Uh, and and those tend to also be local. So there there aren't too many national down payment yes. assistance programs, uh, and so that's why it's also good to get with your local um, right real estate professional, and then that way they could sort of yeah local, help you understand that <laughs> local real estate uh, professional can definitely point you in the direction of a local lender who knows about all of these, can help you figure out which is the best one for you. Um, all that being said. I don't want people to walk away thinking that you can walk into a house with no money out of pocket because that's not true. Um, there are some things like inspection fees and closing and certain closing costs that you know you are going to have to have some money. Sure, but you don't have to have that twenty percent that everybody thinks you have to have. Yeah, um, it's a lot more reasonable and a lot more realistic. And the other thing is, you know, a lot of these millennials especially do have some sort of retirement 401ks or things like that yep. where you can take money out without being taxed on it in order to help pay for some of these fees. Absolutely. So some of you out there yep. probably have assets that you haven't even considered tapping into yeah. to get you into that home and to start building that wealth. Yeah, that's so true. And and same with even like gift letters from your, mm-hmm. your parents or a relative who's willing to sort of front a little bit of money. Uh, and, and, in that instance, make sure it is a gift and not a loan because that could offset your debt to income ratio right. and have you not qualified to buy a house. So, but there are, there are ways. Um, and if you do that, consult a tax professional too, Absolutely. to make sure you're not getting taxed on that. We are licensed realtors, not licensed not tax professionals. Correct. So we're, but we we're, can point you in the direction of a solid tax professional exa- to help you out. <laughs> exactly right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jill, for, uh, sort of making these things a little less complicated. It is not as complicated as you might think it would be, especially if you have a licensed professional on your side who has gone through this stuff, not only on their own, but with hundreds of other clients as well. Multitudes of clients in all sorts of situations. We can, there is always a solution that we can help you find. Right, you right. You just have to ask us to help you. And we uh, we do have a great network of real estate agents around the country too. So depending on where you are at, we can always get you connected with them and they can help you basically navigate this whole sort of complicated system. And that's what we're we're here for. That's, that's how we make a living, right? Absolutely. So. Helping people get into their first home. All right. Well, thank you, Jill. And we will see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.